Hello and welcome to NFL Draft Eve. I'm your co-host Gus Loeb. Joining me today is my co-host John Shipley. How are we doing today, John? <laughs> I was doing good, Gus. What, what, what oh, the oh, hell oh. was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing, starting. I'm, I'm doing good though. I'm, I'm very happy. It's, you know, the draft is almost here. You know, by the time you guys are listening to this, we'll be, you know, Wednesday late afternoon, night, Thursday morning, whenever. You actually get this hot take special edition of the Jaguar Report podcast, but I'm I'm doing good, guys. I'm happy. Whenever you feel like uploading it to Anchor, we'll see when that exactly, is. Exactly, exactly. Well, um, it's funny. This is my third draft I'm covering, and this is the first one I actually feel like prepared about. So now, and expect me to get this at least within 48 hours. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Well. John and I decided to switch things up because we figured it would be better for the person who does this professionally to be the one answering the questions. And since so, we couldn't get that person person in, <laughs> we went ahead and got, got one of us. Yeah, we got one of the best on the Jags being said. John Shipley is here. Um, so, John, the biggest news recently is earlier today, Cam Robinson was signed to a three-year deal worth $54 million, which makes him the 14th highest paid tackle in terms of total contract value, highest paid left tackle, excuse me. So what are your just first takeaways? I know that, I don't know how public it's been, but I know that since the tagging and really just in general, you know that Bonky has been a big uh, cam guy. And so you've kind of seen this coming, but now that it's officially official and Robinson is likely on the roster, at least for a, a couple more years, uh, first takeaways. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, looking at numbers, there's no guaranteed money out there yet. You know, that always makes a deal look different than, you know, the total money. But if you're going just off the total money, I think he's either the seventh or eighth, you know, in terms of average, you know, annual paid and, you know, 14th in total money. And I mean, I think honestly, that's less than what some of the rumor numbers were out there. Like I, I like there were talks of the contract being significantly more than that. So when I saw a three year, 54 million, and that's even without talking about the guarantees. My initial reaction is, you know, if you're going to pay Cam Robinson, that's, you know, that's probably a good deal. You know, like you, you could do a lot worse. Like obviously the ideal scenario is probably to not pay him, you know, a contract of that stature, but anybody making it seem like it's, you know, a move that could cripple them or a move that just so far out of left field. I, I don't think so. I think if you're going to, you know, if you franchise tag the guy two years in a row, I think that's a fair deal to, and and like I said, in my opinion, I think they're getting off, you know, a little bit on the cheap side. I, I I really do, you know, just in comparison to, you know, left tackles around the NFL, I'd probably say Cam is, you know, fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth best, you know, starting left tackle, and, and that's you know more or less where he's getting paid like. Right, I thought that Robinson was going to end up being the player that got the Jaguars their first comp pick in what a dozen years, just because I figure a twenty-five-year-old athletic second round player uh, who's a left tackle is going to get paid so I'd agree with you where it's not as much as I expected it to be and I mean we and everyone else in Jacksonville have been talking about how the Jaguars never retain homegrown players yeah. they've finally done it albeit at a position that I don't know we can talk about this later but or let's talk about this now so what from the Cam Robinson deal what does that imply for the draft if anything or I'm change not, about the draft. Yeah, no, I, I'm not sure how much it changes just because, I mean, ever since the Jaguars franchise tag Cam Robinson, they've made it clear both, you know, publicly and privately, you know, that their intentions were always, you know, to sign him to a contract before the July 15th deadline. Whether that meant before the draft or after the draft, I believe was ultimately irrelevant to them because I, I think they always thought, you know, they, they didn't have any concerns about a deal getting done. You know, I, I don't think there was ever a thought of, okay, we might need to take alignment at one because we don't know if we'll have Cam on the contract. I think they always knew they would have him. It was just a matter of time when. So I, I don't think it necessarily changes things in terms of that. I think if they were going to take an offensive alignment at one, that lineman was always going to likely play left guard as a rookie. And, you know, probably for, you know, if Walker Little – is as good as, you know, the Jaguars hoped they would be when they spent, you know, a considerable resource on him, the number 45 over the world pick. You know, it's funny seeing people talk about him like he's a sixth rounder they found, like, on the street. Like, 
No, they, they, they super valuable pick, you know, top 50 pick they used on him. They better hope, you know, he's a good football player. If he is anywhere near that kind of player, then there's not a whole lot left tackle or right tackle for at least, you know, two to three years. If you take a lineman at one, you're taking a guard. I, I think that's just how it is. And I don't think this really changes anything about that. I think a big deal with this was, you know, like you said, uh, having a player actually get to a second contract, I know. Cam had been tagged twice, but it's not often you see, you know, draft picks hit second contracts. I mean, Cam is at the very least what Tom's either Tom Coughlin's either first or second best draft pick when he was here. I mean, it's him and Josh Allen, right? Yeah, I think the only players to be extended by the Jaguars in like 10 years, and maybe there's like a threshold that it has to be. Actually, I don't think there is really a threshold, but Marquise Lee. And there was one of the probably Miles Jack, I think, are the only players since NJT to get the a contract Smoot. extension. Smoot. Well, Richardson. So that's three players. And now Richardson. Not going to count Trey Homegrown talent. My guy, Trey Herndon. <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, I, I, I definitely think that, you know, that's been one thing that they were really – I mean, one of the main reasons the Jaguars were, you know, terrible in 2020 is – all the players they drafted and signed who were really good in 2017, 2018 weren't there anymore. You know I mean? Telvin Smith obviously had his, you know, issues. I'm not, I'm not sure. Also, <laughs> Just you know, leave it that. Yeah. And, you know, obviously he was one of the best picks, you know, he was another guy who, you know, they ended up signing to a second contract, uh, Brandon Linder, you know, a guy they signed to a second contract. He's gone. Miles Jack gone. Jalen Ramsey and, and Yannick Ngakwe. They've been gone for a while. So, I think it was definitely, you know, something that Jaguars wanted to make a priority. And, you know, I, I do think paying Cam, I mean, would likely play well in the locker room. I mean, at the very least, I think it shows before they make any kind of decision on Josh Allen that they aren't afraid to pay for their own guys as opposed to outside guys. You know, it's not like when Dave Caldwell first started spending money and he only spent money in free agency because, you know, obviously all the players on the team stunk. You know, who are you going to pay? But, you know, this you actually see inside guys, you know, getting the deal, which I think will play well. Right. And I've been vocal about how I don't think uh, the Jaguars' past coaching maybe did the best for the development of Robinson and Jawan Taylor. So I'd agree maybe with maybe with another year or two or three, if he plays out his full uh, contract, then we'll see some serious yeah. development. I, I, I have a question. Maybe – you know, it's like that uh, Simpsons meme where he's like, maybe I'm the one out of touch. I mean, maybe we're the ones missing something on the camera. I mean, this is now, you know, the third head coach who has been like, yeah, you know, he's my guy at left tackle. You know, there's right. no reason for the last two to do so. Right. Well, I've defended John Taylor in the past because I'm like, I make the argument where he's athletic and young and a high draft pick and didn't get much development. And so I'd like to see him stick around for a little bit. And it's really the same argument with Robinson. Uh I have a hot take. It, this is based on no reporting or anything of the sort. I, I said it on 1010 the other day, but if they take a tackle early at any point, like if they take a dude like Tyler Smith in round two or, you know, even a guy in round three, I think Jawan Taylor could be a dude that gets traded. That, that's not on like any inside. Okay. What? What? First of all, finally, I beat you to the punch. I, Okay, I've been trying to make up in your mock, trade situation. Yeah, in your mock. Yeah, that, that didn't like, even yeah. get published. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, no. I mean, are you reporting it or is it a take? Because it's a take. It's a, it's a, is my it's point. A, it's a take. It's now a, we're stealing I'm takes. Not, I'm not reporting anything. I am stealing takes. Okay, all right. Uh, you, well, got, hey, you finally had a take worth stealing. Huh? <laughs> well, then now we're getting somewhere at least. Exactly. I mean, I just, I, I think like if they add a dude at tackle, he's like clearly the odd man out, like. Right. Sorry, if, if they give up on Walker Little after a year, I'm sorry. If Walker Little is not starting this year, it's a terrible pick. <laughs> it's yeah, a terrible I, pick. <laughs> that's really. I was gonna say the only bad thing about the Robinson extension in my eyes is like less so what it impacts the draft tomorrow and like how they're gonna how it's gonna impact future plans. But more so, the biggest thing is like why in the world did you draft Walker Little? Like that was that was the biggest waste of a second round pick of all time. It, it, like at the time. time, the Walker Little pick looks so obvious. Like, okay, a rookie doesn't have to protect for Trevor Lawrence, but next year, you know, this guy can do it and we'll save money. That uh, that made Three. sense, you know, at the time. And, and I, I get it, you know, in evaluation, potentially having Cam or Walker, you know, there's a lot more tape and stuff. But I'm just like, 
what was your actual plan, you know, when you took him with the pick? Because, I mean, 45 is not where you take a swing tackle, you know? Like, they had, they had some good players taken after 45 last year. I mean, just looking at that draft in general, I'm pretty, you know, Fryermuth, you know, obviously went after. Uh, he caught, what, seven or eight touchdowns as a rookie? Yeah. Um, the other guys that went right after. Asante Samuel went 47. Rondell Moore went 49. Uh, Jeremiah Owuzo, Gormoa. <laughs> Tutu Atwell, we're not going to count him. Uh, but <laughs> Terrace Marshall Jr. I mean, Creed, Creed freaking Humphrey. Like, these are all guys of positions and needs. Like, and I'm somebody who thinks Walker Little is awesome and he's going to be a good player. But I, I, I just, I don't really get why they took him at this point in time. Yeah, agreed. And it's not like, like Jawan, I feel like had the, I don't know, image of going into the, his draft that he could play guard or tackle. With Walker, I feel like anything that I've heard has been, He's a swing tackle and he can play left or right, but I haven't heard one person suggest that he could play inside, which would help their flexibility a little bit. Yeah, no, I I think they're going to battle at right tackle. I mean, my early prediction is I think Walker will win it just because, I mean, uh, Jawan isn't a guy who, you know, always looks that great in practice, but right. uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Walker doesn't start the season as a starter, which Hey, if you're taking a guy to 45 overall to start at right tackle three years down the road, that's a that's certainly a strategy. Hey, so would you right now your expectations is that the Jaguars starting O-line in 2022 is going to look like Robinson on the far left, incoming rookie at left guard, Shatley at center, um, the dude at right guard. Say his just name. Gave a lot of money. Say his <laughs> name. Brandon. Sheriff, <laughs> <laughs> let's go sheriff no let's uh, go Brand- sheriff yeah brandon sheriff yeah sheriff okay that <laughs> uh, just completely almost... slipped out of my mind there, yeah, there was okay a, let's just there's a non-zero percent chance of you saying let's go brandon <laughs> i genuinely couldn't think of his last name yeah, brandon, and then on the yeah. right and then on the right it would be little or taylor i think so i think okay. so. hey maybe they draft the center because i mean They've been tied to some centers at the top of the draft. I mean, Cam Jurgens has been a name that's been out there even as early as number 33. I think, you know, Tyler Lindenbaum falls out the first, which I really think is a possibility because, I mean, he has incredibly short arms. You know, he was hurt last year. He's a really small first center. I mean, he obviously has some fantastic tape, but I don't think he's going to fit every team and every scheme. You know, some guys are just, you know, going to want a center. But, I mean, Doug Peterson had Jason Kelsey as a center, and Jason Kelsey, for all of his – you know, obnoxious takes outside of uh, outside of Twitter and his what what is it? It looks like the guy guarding for Oz and Wizard of Oz. <laughs> he is a great and mobile and agile center who a lot of people thought you know was too small to play center. So I, I, I could see them looking at a center in round two, but I'm expecting a guard in like round three. I, I, I mean, hell, even Dylan Parham could play center. But Shatley, yeah. Shatley can play guard too, which adds to his value. I, I think Shatley is like the best, like <laughs> most value member of the offensive line, dude. Dude's on his versatility contract, and I think he can start at like three spots. Right. Yeah, I think. I mean, Linderbaum could be this year's version of Creed Humphrey, just because there's been a lot of smoke recently about Linderbaum dropping out of the first. But yeah. more than anything else, just like common sense tells us that he'll probably drop out. Like Miami made a lot of sense, and then they traded their pick. For Tyreek Hill and Cincinnati made a lot of sense until they signed three interior guys in free agency. And so, I mean, and then with Jensen coming back to Tampa Bay, like there's not a lot of spots at center could be taken. I feel like late or mid in the first, I mean, at this point, I don't think he's going to be an earlier mid selection. Yeah. And I, I, I think I would absolutely agree with that. I'm not expecting it. It's just, I mean, it'll be interesting to me, you know, how the board falls. I mean, Cam Jurgens, he isn't a guy I would take second round at all, but I know, you know, some guys like Dan Brugler and Brendan Thorne are really high on him. He seems like like the round two version of Linderbaum if Linderbaum <laughs> wasn't going to go round two. Right. All right. So now that we've kind of cleared up the offensive line, there's been – you were kind of – well, Brugler uh, for the Athletic has been saying for months now that – both he views Trayvon Walker as a top 10 prospect and he'll think he'll be taken as one. But you were the second person on the case that I know of in saying that Trayvon Walker was a name to look at as the first overall pick in this year's draft. And 
when you said that in our last pod about a month ago, it was like, this is just kind of a sleeper thing, almost more of a take than anything else. And now that we're recording here today, the official odds line movement has gone favorably towards Walker over Aiden, Aiden, over Aiden Hutchinson. So with all that said, do you still, and you've been pretty steadfast the whole off season or draft season that you think Hutchinson is the pick. So is that still your take or is the recent Walker hype kind of too much of an indicator where your, where your takes for the first overall pick? Yeah, no, I've said really since the Jaguars franchise tag Cam Robinson, I think it was like that day that I started saying like, okay, Aiden Hutchinson, you know, bet the mortgage uh, for, for anybody who has bet right. the mortgage. I would one <laughs> want to apologize, and then two Uh-oh. ask why you were John, taking no. my advice. When <laughs> John, we can't have you apologizing for bets on the podcast. That's we're gonna have to cut all of this. Are we really? No, it's okay. Okay. Does anyone yeah. actually listen to our advice? <laughs> I've gotten several tweets about it. Really? <laughs> I don't think they actually bet it, but I, oh, I, 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 it is like I saw one person say. One person DM me like about Hutchinson, and they're like, "Put money down on Hutch." <laughs> you mentioned oh, no. Like, no, dude, oh, no, no, don't base anything off me. But no, I I did release my final, you know, first round mock uh, this afternoon with you know educated guess go along with you know the smoke, just everything. I think everything is pointing Trayvon Walker. I I just I I I'd even you know I wrote and my mock that I'd even argue say there are more signs porting to Ikamekwano as the pick over Aiden Hutchinson. And I don't, I don't even think, you know, they, they're even going to pick Ikwano. So I just, I, I really think Walker is, you know, he's obviously the betting favorite right now. I think Hutchinson's odds are almost at like Iguanu's with a Caesars, which is pretty significant. And I just, you know, I go back to, I mean, just the way the Jaguars talked, you know, about each guy on Friday I'm not going to say, you know, a team will give everything away at a pre-draft press conference, but, you know, Trent Balky, he got asked, you know, how do you view production in Aiden Hutchinson versus traits and Trayvon Walker? And he was like, well, they're both productive. So one to me, if, if you see them as both productive, obviously Trayvon Walker is the better, better athlete. So, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm just going to assume that's, you know, the way you're leaning personally, you know, he says productive in his own, in his own way, which is a funny, a funny way of saying it. And that, you know, they played in dramatically different schemes and were asked to do much different things. And that's really about how you fit them within your scheme at the next level. All that to me said bulky. And then when uh, bulky got asked directly about Aiden Hutchinson, he's, he was like, Aiden's a good player. There's other good players in the draft too. I'm like, okay, man, that's that's like a softball, like to be able to say, hey, the guy we're about to pick number one overall, we think he's awesome. But instead, he was like, you know, he's he's fine. There's other players who are good too, though. You know, at football, so I just felt like, you know, the entire vibes on Friday. I felt like even from Doug Peterson, you know, when when asked about Hutchinson, they were apprehensive and standoffish, and everything that's come out since Friday has just pointed to Walker and. The, the one thing I will give the Jaguars, if you're looking for some kind of justification for Walker over Hutchinson, I do personally believe he is a better scheme fit than Hutchinson. I, I, I think Hutchinson is a terrible scheme fit for the Jaguars. I've mocked him there regardless because I think this is such a bad draft that, you know, you can be forced to take a guy at number one who doesn't even fit your scheme. But I think Hutchinson needs to have his hand in the dirt, flying upfield, Whereas it seems like the Jaguars, you know, they want a guy who can play multiple spots, a guy who can stand up, drop off in coverage. I mean, Trayvon Walker, you know, basically played five technique, but he's better standing up and dropping in space than Aiden Hutchinson. You know, he's a lot more fluid. And if you're looking for a guy to rush from multiple positions, it's Walker, you know, not Hutchinson. So I do think the Jaguars have Walker higher on their board. Uh, I I think ultimately the Jaguars are going to pick Walker and, I mean, just the, the amount of interest they've showed in Hutchinson pre-draft has not been to the level of what you would expect, you know, of a team that's about to pick a guy number one. And you can say, you know, maybe they're misdirecting or smoke screening, but, you know, who, who are you doing that for exactly? You know, nobody's trying to move up to one. You know, nobody right. wants to pick. So if you're being coy about it and just, you know, if you're kicking off your relationship with Hutchinson that way, if you're picking him, I'm just I'm, – just seems more weird than anything. Like they, they just, they have not acted like a team that's going to pick him number one. So 
I think it's down to Walker and Aquano, and I think they pick Walker. Okay. I think taking Walker would be pretty atrocious just because, I don't know, for all of the, like, non-number one reasons. But at the same time, I'm hoping he's a pick simply because I think he's cooler than Hutchinson. After seeing that PFF picture, like, I don't, I don't want that person on my team. Do you? <laughs> and and I, I probably shouldn't have done it by this point. I don't know if there's ever been a number one pick with fewer sacks than, you know, Walker had in college. But they, to me, like, already laid the foundation for what their defense is going to be when they get asked, hey, the guy you just took number one had nine and a half sacks. I mean, you know, Trent, Trent's already told us, hey, he played in a different scheme. You know, he wasn't being asked to rush the passer. And I do legitimately believe that that's, you know, fair. Because, I mean, they're just – Georgia didn't ask him to do the things that, you know, Michigan asked such and to do. Right. In terms of all, of like, the smoke shows and rumors, like, at, at some point there was talk that – the defensive staff liked Hutch, but Bucky liked Walker, and the offensive guys and Peterson liked Icky, and Khan liked Hutchinson. And so, like, there's been like all of these like swirling rumors. And so, do you think that there's been kind of some truth to that? That there's been like maybe some not butting of heads, but at least kind of back and forth in the building recently? Or do you think that like everyone's just sort of like catching up to what's actually going on inside of the building? I mean, I wouldn't say butting of heads, you know, even if, you know, any of that was true, which, you know, I'm not saying it is, but if it was, I wouldn't say it's butting of heads. I'd be honestly, that to me would sound more like a regular team than they've been in some time. <laughs> I mean, you know, like that's just the process of the draft. You know, people are going to have different opinions. You know, you have so many different people working on the draft, you know, people are going to want different things. So I, I don't think it's unnatural for teams, top decision makers to say, okay, you know, we're down to, we like these couple guys and, you know, some of them have different answers, but it's about, you know, coming to a compromise and coming to, you know, like equal footing without, you know, any chaos that really matters. And I, I, I don't think they're in a situation like that. Gotcha. All right. So we've cleared up the number one overall pick. So in terms of the rest of the selections, I think their biggest roster holes remaining after edge are perimeter receiver, off interior offensive lineman, and off-ball linebacker in no particular order. I think those three positions hypothetically make a lot of sense to be filled by the next three picks. So would you agree that those are the three biggest needs? And then as a follow-up, does it matter, I guess? Because, like, Balky, last year they kind of drafted for value. He reinstated that last week that they're going to look for guys who fall on their board rather than just kind of prioritizing positions. So what what top three would you have? And then what do you expect those top three to be taken on day two? Or do you think the draft in general is too random, plus the fact that they're going to search for value? Yeah, I mean, I, means, I, I, I was think... going to say means are going to take – probably a different position than the top three. Sorry, go yeah. ahead. Long question. Go. No, no, absolutely. And I think, you know, you hit the nail on the head. I think last year, if you told anybody, you know, a week before last year's draft that, okay, the Jaguars are going to draft these positions, you know, with their first five picks, you know, running back, cornerback, offensive tackle. I think most people would have said, you know, you're crazy. You know, it, at the time, CJ Henderson was not yet a Carolina Panther. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know exactly what, what verb to use there, but you know, that was okay. before CJ's time when the regime really started going downhill. Uh, nobody, I think, really expected a left tackle to get picked that early because of Cam Robinson, and rightfully so, because the tackle they picked played three right. games. Right. Uh, and I, I don't, obviously, nobody me like expected them to take a running back. So I, I think they're definitely a team that drafts based on you know, the board, you know, yeah, that, that's, that's what they love to say, you know, the board, you know, I think what they say on Friday, they're going to let the board breathe. So yeah. What's know, the board telling us? It, it's a living organism, man. That's I, it's, it's my favorite thing in the NFL drafts every year is them talking about any team talking about the board, because I'm like, you know, it's so much that goes into it. There's so many different like players, like, you know, like, Hey, if you're the Jaguars, if you need a receiver and a linebacker and you both have them graded round two, like, I don't think your board's going to like, like, you know, really help in terms of selecting the guy. You just have to go with, you know, what you think is the better player. So I think they're definitely a team that, you know, trusts the board and really, you know, kind of follows that and tries to get value and overall talent 
instead of drafting for need. I'd argue in years past, they had been a team that was drafting for need. Like 2020, that was complete, complete need drafting. I mean, that yeah, was, that was atrocious. It, it, it wasn't even like a little subtle. It like, and it still struggled to wrap my head around how bad of a draft that was. So to answer your question, I think bulky sticks his guns last year, which means I think you could see, you know, different, you know, positions drafted. I think the three positions they need the most after edge rusher are, you know, outside receiver, linebacker, and left guard. But I could see a safety, you know, creep up into one of those selections. I could see, you know, a tight end. I could, you know, even see them taking, you know, an offensive tackle yet again. So it could see them doing a variety of things. I think it really depends on what the teams in front of them do. And they're not going to worry about, Filling needs as much until they get like into round four or so. Want to make your own podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then lets you distribute it everywhere and anywhere, and even earn money right from it. And it's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here is how it works Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, no matter where you're at, you can start creating today. Is there a particular position specifically that you think that you could see them taking in day two instead of the aforementioned top three? Like, I think safety would probably make a lot of sense based on what you said. Yeah. Because hypothetically, they spent money on Rayshon Jenkins and a draft pick on Andre Sisco last offseason, and safety isn't really a position that teams tend to invest a lot in anyway. So hypothetically, they kind of already have people there in place. But if anyone or if they were to address safety on day two, then I also don't think anyone would necessarily be surprised. Yeah, no, I think I think they're at a point with their roster where they have so many needs and like they've lost so many games that they like literally just need to take good players. Like if a guy like Lewis Sign is there at 33, I struggle to think if there's any single offensive player or a linebacker that they should take over him. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think he has a legit argument with Kyle Hamilton to be the best safety in the draft, and he'd be one of the best defensive backs on the team right away. So uh, I definitely – safety is what I would say. I think, like you said, it probably surprise people, but I'm not sure if it's something people should totally put in the back of their minds. Okay. And then is there a position that you think maybe you could see the team double draft or double dipping at? Even so – even if they don't prioritize positions on day two or add on necessarily, but maybe there's a position that they say we need depth here. So guard and guys guard and linebacker. Those would be the ones like, I mean, they're linebacker depth right now. They have like, I think five linebackers on the roster right now. Like they, they, they don't have enough guys out there to, you know, for a scout team for training camp yet. So I, I, I think they obviously, you know, need to add bodies there in general. If they were going to, you know, spend two draft picks at any position, linebacker would be my guess. But, I mean, you know, also guard, you know, they lost. You know, if you count Brandon Linder, who has played guard in the past, you know, they lost three, you know, guard types, interior linemen this offseason. And the only guy they added was Sheriff because, you know, they already had Will Richardson. They already had Tyler Shatley. They already had Ben Bart. So, I think adding two interior linemen, you know, whether it be two guards or whatever, makes sense. Okay. And then any like trade expectations or guesses? I mean, it's kind of hard to expect a trade, especially considering no one's likely interested in the number one overall pick, but could you see them moving up or down from 33 maybe, or is there a spot later in the draft you could see them trying to move into for a specific position? I think they're definitely going to later in a draft do like a Jordan Smith type trade where, you know, last year in the fourth round, they, they quickly, you know, realize that okay the guys we like in this range are flying off the board we need to trade up and take one of the last guys we have you know graded in the fourth round or else we're, we're going to reach so i could see them doing a trade like that you know but like, like i alluded to earlier when i said day three is really when they seem to go for need i could see them you know trading up to get a position of need that maybe they have didn't hit on day two and doing that on day three before that I definitely, you know, obviously they're not, they're not going to, they're going to make the pick at number one. They're not going to trade it. You know, no, nobody wants, I don't think they want that pick. You know, <laughs> nobody, nobody in the entire NFL wants the number one pick this draft. And for everybody that says, you know, this is actually a good draft class, no draft class is bad, whatever. No, 
having a number one pick this year is abysmal. It's terrible. It's terrible. Can Jags fans take any consent, though, in the fact that they also had the first pick last year and it was the greatest thing ever instead of the worst? It's terrible, or... guys. <laughs> That's terrible, guys. Yeah, okay, they can. Fine. They can. Okay. They, they, they can, but my retort would be, what if they just really sucked next year and they got the number one pick in a year where people would actually want to trade? Like, you know, they, they could have had, you know, like Stroud and Will Anderson and stuff at number one. Right. Yeah, Will Anderson would have been like, there would have been no he, if they could, higher if they, if they had next year's number one pick, they would have traded that, you know, a month and a half ago. True. That as well. Okay, well, we've kind of gone through strategy, I guess. Uh, are there any specific guys? We talked about Linderbaum, but I guess any other names that you want to mention, either that you like personally or that you could just see definitely being a fit at some point on day two or three? Uh, Tyler Smith at Tulsa, I think, is a guy who, if he even makes it out of the first round, I think he's a guy who makes, you know, a loss into Jacksonville. You know, he can play tackle. He can play guard. He has, to me, I, I, I would take him before uh, Trevor Penning. I, I, I think he's, you know, just somebody who's going to be, you know, one of the 50 best players in this draft class. Uh, well, other guys, what was that? What do you, what do you take? Um, what do you take him or Kenyon Green if both were available? I would take Smith. Okay. Because I, he is like tackle upside, whereas Green, you know, he's like strictly a guard. Yeah. Is Green going to be asked to play center maybe, or is he just a guard? I could see that, honestly. Okay. I could see that. But and Zion's Zion's guard one no matter what, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. No, I'm, I'm looking at my big board now, and I actually have <laughs> I actually have Green higher. The board. Was, the board has yeah, come out. The board Josh, is alive. Big board. The board. The board is alive. I have, what is I it have saying, John? Green slightly higher than Smith, but if I'm the Jaguars, I'm taking Smith first. Okay. Like, like you just get a dude who can play both tackle and guard. I mean, I, I think, yeah, just just uh, for takes, Gus, you want you want me to give you my all my first rounders? That's the point of the pod, John. Late on me. Yeah. I, I got twenty five this year. Okay. I think last year I had. I, I want to say I had more last year. Last year, I, I didn't watch as many players last year, but I remember thinking last year's class was definitely more interesting. Yeah, last year I had twenty nine. So this year I had 25. I had in order Derek Stingley at number one, Evan Neal at number two, Kayvon Thibodeau at number three, Charles Cross at four, Hutchinson at five, Kyle Hamilton at six, Trayvon Walker at seven, Jake London at eight, Ekwanu at nine, Jordan Davis at 10, George. The, the Greek George. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. Carl Axis. Yeah, exactly. Carl, yeah. Just call him Carl. Honestly, George Carl. <laughs> George Carlin at 11. Uh, <laughs> Sauce Gardner at 12. Chris Olave at 13. Linda Baum and his T-Rex arms at 14. Jamison Williams at 15. Arnold Ibiketi at 16. The Penn State guy. Uh, Do you Kyrie. think he's definitely a, a first-round pick? He's I don't good from what I heard. I don't know if he's going to go first round, but dude, I'd be shocked if he doesn't get double digit sacks at some point in his career. He is. He, he's better to me than you know, Owak was coming out. From what it sounds like, he's like the top player that you would want if you didn't have an edge in the first round, or like 100%. if you didn't have a top 10 edge. 100%. Him, 100%. him okay. or Drake Jackson. Right. Okay. You think Jackson's in the gets taken second? I do think he gets taken. Because I've seen mocks where he's in the third, but I don't know, like, how realistic that is. I think he gets taken, like, top 40. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, keep going on your list. No, you're good. And I got just a few more. Lewis Sign at 18. Zion Johnson, 19. Nicobe Dean, 20. Dax Hill, 21. Garrett Wilson, 22. Devontae Wyatt, 23. Trent McDuffie, 24. And Devin Lloyd, 25. Some, uh. Notable guys that I don't think are first-round players are guys like Traylon Burks I have in the second. Johan Dotson I, I do have a second on. I actually have uh, Justin Ross over Traylon Burks. I have Trevor Penning in the second. I don't have a quarterback in the first. I got like Trey McBride down at 45. And probably the guy I'm lowest on that people, especially in Jacksonville, like honestly might be Sky Moore. And I, I have him at 59, 
you know, one of my highest graded third rounders. I think he's awesome, but just taking him in, in, the, in the second round, the idea of that is wild to me. I mean, just building the entire boat out of uh, out of slot receivers. Slot onlys? Yeah. Let's do it. Dude, it, it's it's wild. Where's Nelson Aguilar? Is he a free agent? Or he's in New England, right? Yeah, he is. Okay. So let's talk receivers a little. I think um, post-free agency, everyone, or most fans is – most fans were hoping that the Jaguars would take a receiver at 33. Most people probably wanted Pickens at 33. But since yeah. then, I think most people kind of calmed down and realized that that might not be what the team wants to prioritize or do there. And they might take most likely, it sounds like a linebacker or O-line instead. So basically my question is, would you agree with that, that you think it's probably unlikely they take a receiver at 33? And then who are some guys that you think we should keep an eye on at the third round turn, assuming they pick there? I feel more like they have interest in receiver at 33 today than I have, you know, since free agency. Just I, I, I feel like they may have, you know, some genuine interest in a guy like Sky Moore, maybe a guy like George Pickens. It really didn't seem like, you know, throughout all this process that receiver was something that they were going to, you know, place an emphasis on. It's just, I, I think that, you know, this is just me without any inside information on how they judge players. It's just, I struggle to imagine that they have more players, you know, stacked higher, you know, after 32 picks than a guy, you know, like Pickens or maybe a guy like more. So I do think that it's a potential possibility. They take a guy at 33 and those are probably, those would probably be the two guys I'd watch uh, along with, I mean, Traylon Burks at number 33. I could honestly, you know, that's a pick I could see them making. So I I do think a linebacker, like I think if Quay Walker's there, I think they're going to sprint to turn that pick in. But I feel feel more strongly about their desire to add a receiver now than I did, you know, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Just because you woke up in a better mood today? Yeah, more or less. I know what it is. The draft was talking different today. Or the, the board, board was talking there. differently. The board, the board was moving. The board is a living organism. No, I just I, – I, I feel like, you know, and this is with, you know, some of the stuff that we've already seen reported today. I mean, it just seems like – I mean, when it gets to 33, I mean, there might not be, you know, that many players that, you know, they grade that highly right there. Because, I mean, that's such a valuable pick because you have it for a whole day while teams are freaking out after the first round and, you know, having Coke dreams and whatnot. But if you don't have anybody with close to a first round grade, you know, after 32 picks and you're kind of reaching for somebody. Yeah. That's how I feel too. Like my thought, honestly, going into the podcast was the opposite though. I was thinking that they have enough players on the board that they like more than the receivers that they would take a different position yeah. because we're hearing about how they like uh, Lewisine and Quay Walker, but both of those players now seem like first round locks which means someone else has to draft like maybe a Kenyon green or Nicobe Dean drops out of the first round. And they would prefer one of those guys over someone like Pickens or more. Yeah. And I, I think that, I think that would make a lot of sense. And I think, you know, if a guy like Devonte Wyatt drops out the first round, I think, you know, maybe he's, you know, a guy to watch, which <laughs> taking two Georgia defense alignment to start the draft. And the second one is a productive guy. That's <laughs> well, the formula hasn't really worked for Florida players, but maybe once they change it to Georgia players. Have, have we'll you like, looked at like their last like decade of first round picks and seen like how? Yeah. I, it haunts pro- me, John. Don't bring it up. It's probably just a coincidence, but literally every dude is from the South. Yeah. Literally I mean, every single dude. I mean, you know, ETN, Lawrence, Clemson, Chase on LSU, Henderson and Taven, Florida, Josh Allen, Kentucky, even Campbell, think- Georgia. Yeah, uh, Jalen Ramsey, FSU, Fournette, uh, LSU, Blake Bortles, UCF, Dante Fowler, yeah. the school in Gainesville. <laughs> I mean, he, he, I mean, Luke Jokel was from damn Texas A&M and Blackman, Oklahoma State, Blaine Gabbert. Like, they don't draft, like, above a certain state line. So, certainly not Michigan, right? No, I, 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 don't, th- I, don't, think, I don't think they want those damn Yankees in our town. <laughs> Okay. Well, this is quickly turning into a Southern podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all come back now. 
Y'all, y'all come back now. No, okay. but I, I, I just, I was looking at it the other day, and I was like, okay. At first, I thought this was just a bit, but now I'm starting to buy into it. <laughs> All right, so that was pretty good. You rattled off a lot in a row. I, I but, really, I really hate how many I know. Yeah, there's a lot. All right, this is a big question. What do you think has a bigger impact on the 33rd pick? A a run on running or a run on quarterbacks or a run on receivers, which would impact the Jaguars' decision more in the first round. Ooh, run on receivers, I think. Right. Yeah. Because I think then it's like we're not taking a receiver. It has to be yeah. the next guy. I think if there's like six or seven receivers taken in the first, they won't take one at 33. Well, I guess either way, ideally for the Jaguars, it's a really offensive heavy draft. Is it? Wait. Well, just – no, no, no. It's a defensive head. Wait, I, I was going to say, there, there might not be a guy who touches the ball selecting the first 10 picks or so. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what that last point was. <laughs> All right. Do, <laughs> do you have any other draft takes oh. or just general analysis before we move into the last two segments? Man, I I really – I mean, we're about to do another kind of draft segment, so – You know what? Let's do it. Let it roll. Let's go. All right. John and I are going to do – a 2022 first round mock draft on air. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to take turns picking for each team and kind of do a short explanation for each pick. Um, And we're picking as in like who we would take for each of these teams. We're not choosing who we think is going to be the pick because there's a million of those online right now. So John, uh, I think it's fitting that you draft first because I know, more so because of the third pick than the first. Go ahead. Yeah. And then you said this is like what I would do? Yes. Okay. Give me Kayvon Thibodeau, number one. Okay. Because blank. Uh, because I just think he's the most natural pass rusher, and there's no reason for them to take a guard at number one. So if I'm going to bet on any guy to be a consistent double-digit sack guy in this class, it's Thibodeau. Okay, for Detroit, man, who do I want? I'm taking Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. Yeah, go ahead with whatever you were going to say. Kyle Hamilton. No, I want to hear it. Why? Why Okay, so Kham for me is basically just because I don't – like I haven't done as much film grinding as you have in terms of the edges, so I don't really have a competent take for which one I like the most, especially among the remaining players. Yeah. Um, so basically, my thought was just take the best available player on my imaginary board, and it's Hamilton. Well, in that case, <laughs> man, this is tough. Um, I'm going to stick with Derek Stingley for Houston, but I mean, yep. Hutch- Hutchinson's right there in consideration, but I'm going to go Stingley at number three. He's best corner prospect since Jalen. That's it's it's so obvious to me that it, it pains me to see people. Yeah, I, I saw, you know, one person have him as cornerback three, and I'm like, dude, what in God's name are you watching? Right. I feel like that was almost like not even that hard of a take a couple months ago because people were, like, talking up Sauce a lot, who's now pretty much a top ten lock. Um, but then also, like, some guys like McDuffie and, like, someone from Auburn. Um, yeah. I, and, like, kind of, like, mixing them on the rankings. But now I think Stingley's kind of back to consensus top five. Yeah, no, if, if Trent – if Trent uh, McDuffie went before Derek Stingley, I would probably throw myself into a pool with the center block. Okay. Yeah. No. Sopranos. I, I would lose all, all right, faith. AJ. I would lose all faith in the NFL at that point. All right. So I have the fourth pick for the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> we are moving on because we're supposed to keep this a little tighter. And I'm not, I'm not engaging with that. I'm going to take – Evan Neal, because I don't know what the rumors are about Beckton in New York, but I, th- I think either way, they probably need another tackle. And again, Neal is just the play- best player on my imaginary board. Ooh, the Michigan Wolverine continues to fall. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give Hutchison to New York. I don't think there's any scenario where he does actually make it this far, but I, I'd imagine right. they, would, they would sprint to like, you know, guys from the Buffalo Bills, like, hell yeah, they're going to like, hey, Hutchinson. Hey, John, th- this mark doesn't have to make any sense, okay? We're doing this for ourselves Speaking, and the people, but mostly ourselves. Exactly. You're, you're, you're on the clock. Uh. 
Matt. I am taking Malik Willis for poor Panthers fans around the country because a quarterback is the most fun pick here. And Malik is probably – well, I like Ritter a lot. But if you're going to take a quarterback top ten, I feel like it's got to be Willis. So Willis is in for six. Well, in that case, I'm going to go Charles Cross, uh, seven to the Giants. Best pass blocker in the draft. It's it's not particularly close either. I, I, I personally think he should go before Aquana. You had Neil, then Cross. Was that your rankings, or do you have Cross before Neil? I have Neil before Cross. Okay. So, you and Seth, just the, the Cross believers, or are there more of you? I mean, there's, there's more. I think he's, like, in the uh, top eight or nine on the consensus board. All right. Well, Atlanta currently doesn't have any receivers that I know of, assuming you're not including Calvin Ridley. So, I'm going to take – uh, Jameson Williams. There you go. This has been an absolutely surreal draft to this point. Um, Ikemek- no, do not patronize me. Okay. <laughs> Ikemekwanu, simply because the Jets have already taken a tackle in this scenario. And I'm not going to let you have him slide out of the top 10. So I'm, I'm taking Ekwanu here at nine. Okay. For, for Seattle to block for, for Seattle. Drew Locke. All right. The Jets have another pick. And they already took Neil. If you don't take this one, too, I'm going to take a hammer into my laptop. Hmm. Jermaine Johnson. Yeah. Is that the guy? No. Who's the guy? London? Who uh, am I missing here? It's going to be Walker. Oh, you know what? I also forgot Sauce hasn't been drafted either. I'm doing Sauce instead of uh, whoever it is that I said. Okay. Sauce, is being, sauce at 10. Okay. Sauce at 10. God, this be the least accurate mock draft. <laughs> um, I'm going to make sure I like save all those results. and we'll, uh, Maybe I'll save the post until the actual draft, but this is, this is going to be fun. Oh, man. I guess... Alave to Washington. They need everything. Ooh, okay. Yeah, you make that comment, and now you, I mean, I could see it, but all right. I'm just going to send Walker to Minnesota at 12. So yeah. you can be done with him. <laughs> no more, no more walk. Pick. Yeah, no more walk talk. Uh, this pick, I'm going to go Garrett Wilson with poor Houston. Poor Houston. Maybe would it have been too complicated if we included trades. You love Garrett Wilson. Yeah, it would be. Uh, yeah, that'd be too much. All right, I'm gonna take um, Jordan Davis for Baltimore. There you go. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. Now I'm back on track. Um. Okay, you took Jordan Davis. I'll go. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm gonna go Trick London for. Philly's first pick. Yeah, that's what I would have done. Oh, can I change it? <laughs> what? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Chill out. You got to – sometimes you talk a little too much. Uh, let's, let's go, Mickey Loomis. Who are the Saints taking? I am taking Riddler, the Riddler, because I think there's no way New Orleans isn't taking a quarterback after getting a second first-round pick this year. I'm assuming they're going to trade up for one, maybe a tackle, but I'm assuming a quarterback. I, but just I, slot in the Riddler at 16. I had to figure out who the hell you were talking about. <laughs> you said the Riddler. Like, who else would I be talking about? Desmond Ritter. I, I, I didn't. I didn't think about Riddler. Rid, Ritter. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is no. there an L in his name? No, there's not. I didn't think so, but I still no. thought you'd get it. Trevor Penning to the Chargers. I love Justin Herbert, but. I need this mock to look somewhat not atrociously inaccurate. So uh, why? Because I, 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 I wanted to, Gus. Because I wanted to. You're up on. You're up on the clock, Harry. This is why we can't have nice things. You <laughs> make your pick. <laughs> All right, I'm taking Nicobe Dean because okay. I feel like the Eagles have needed linebacker help for at least five years. 
for sure. And if I had to take Dean is my number one imaginary board linebacker. For sure. Uh, for the Saints, I'm going to go – they need so much. I'm going to go George Karlaftis. Steeler time, baby. I feel like I feel like Carl is going to be like the mid-teens guy. Yeah, me too. That like everyone likes, but nobody like, loves. doesn't actually take. Yeah, and then he's just going to be really, really good. Same. Oof. All right, for Pittsburgh, I'm taking. Who was the receiver that was recently linked to them? Was it Dotson? Or if you don't I, even know that. I I'll be honest. I've only seen them linked to the quarterbacks, and you already right. only two. Right. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's what I'm panicking right now because I, I kind of screwed myself a little bit. You did. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I think they're going to need a linebacker to replace the new one that they got this offseason pretty soon. So I'm going to slot in Quay Walker for them. Quay Walker? Okay. Yeah. Assuming – we're assuming – I'm trying to do it for the – Accuracy. He's going to be a first rounder, right? Yeah. No. I mean, I mean, do it. Accuracy and what you would do. Uh, that's that's what I want to see, Gus. I'm gonna go Trent McDuffie to the Patriots at 21. So you got you got the Packers. All right, Packers. Dotson. Dotson. Yeah. They don't take small receivers. I know they don't, but that's why I'm doing it because I I want them to. I like it. I like it a lot. Um. But, yeah. I mean. I, we already established this is a draft of what's not going to happen anyway. So uh, at this point, I'm just trying to fill that in. Cardinals, I keep seeing them linked to Traylon Burks, which would be so ridiculously stupid. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to give them Zion. It, oh, it's so stupid that it kind of makes sense a little bit, though. I hate it. I kind of like it. All right, so Zion, I was going to give him to Dallas anyway if you didn't give him to the Cardinals. So instead for Dallas, I'm going to give them – True shutdown corner from a great school to go across from uh, Diggs and Kyrie Alam. Okay. Ram. The rare Florida player who's NFL worthy. <laughs> okay, glad glad I got that out of you. Yep. I'll take it. You did. You did. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Oof, this is tough. I'm gonna go Burks. Buffalo is another team where I feel like yeah. they can pick anything. Go, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm going to go Burks like, Buffalo, and I noticed one thing. I'm going to let you pick, and then I'll tell you what, what I noticed. <laughs> I mean, there's a couple players that I know haven't been picked. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if we're laughing at the same thing, but I'll just go Kenny Pickett to Tennessee. Kenny Pickett to Tennessee? Yeah. I, sh- I don't know. I should have put him to New Orleans, but I forgot about Smallhands. Um. With the 27th overall pick, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Jermaine Johnson. Oh, my gosh. See, I knew you were <laughs> laughing because we forgot someone, and then I saw Pickett, and I was like, oh, that's who he's laughing at. No, right. I'm laughing Please. at you putting Kenny Pickett to Tennessee. Oh, I, I actually think I heard a Pickett rumor. He sucks. Now, obviously, I have no sources. My yeah, professional, I agree. Take, I agree that my he professional take is he's terrible. I mean, my professional take is that all the quarterbacks in this draft are terrible, except yeah. Willis and Ritter intrigue me enough that I'll, I like them. That's more or less where I'm at. So, like, yeah, I think him and Howell are horrific. Okay, uh, Green Bay, 28th. Another small receiver, dare I? No. I'll give them a – trying to see who's falling. I'll give them Devontae Wyatt. Okay, I like it. Uh, Kansas City – Back to back. Oh, I'm gonna go Andrew Booth. You got him for thirty. I feel like they're definitely taking a corner, right? Yeah, I've seen I've seen Booth or Elam there every time. I feel. Yeah. There's a few guys I really like. I've been taking yet. Me too. Um. Hmm. I'm just taking Lewis scene because he's definitely being taken, so might as well be here. Nice. Um, I'll go Tyler Linderbaum to Cincinnati. Do you think so? Who's their center now? Is it the Patriots signing? I think so. 
All right, with the last pick of the first round, the Detroit Lions select Boy Mafe. There you go. He's another guy I've seen connected to Kansas City a lot. All right. Okay, PFF is now grading this draft. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't realize you were doing that. I'm trying to see who we missed in the first round. I think Kenyon Green is really the only big one. Where are my damn grades? Unless you want to count um, Corral, but we're not doing that. No, he's terrible. Well, I don't see any grades, so we're just going to assume that was a terrible a mock, but exactly <laughs> what we think is going to happen. All right, cool. Um, for our last segment, we have a couple um, questions from Twitter. Let's so pull them up. The first question, thank you for everyone who responded, by the way. There was two responses. Acosta32 <laughs> uh, underscore JP on Twitter. Shout out JP. Draft prospect you'll defend to the death. Is your Stingley? That would be my guess for you. Stingley or... Hmm. Stingley or the Penn State guy? Okay. That, the Penn the, State guy the, would be amazing. Right. I would take yeah. him over Jermaine Johnson. Okay. I, I like Johnson a lot, honestly. I think the top 10 hype is warranted, but I, I really that's fair. I could see him being like a Zadaria Smith type pass rusher. All right. For me, I would say it's Chris Olave. But my harder take is just that is more that I don't think Dotson's going to be good than I do think a lot of it will be good. I, I, if, I had to, I would say if I had to defend one to the death, it's a lot of it probably. Yeah. I, I've been surprised to see how many people lately, like plugged in people, think that uh, Dotson's going first round. I, I would have sworn he'd be like a second rounder. Right. That's honestly like what started this whole kind of like take from me is that I was seeing that like a month ago, people started like, I don't know if it was Kuiper. Um, Someone on ESPN mocked him in the first round, and I was like, if he actually goes in the first round, that would be ludicrous, even yeah. though I gave him to the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think justice because would, the draft we did was ludicrous. Justice would commit a crime on Instagram Live if they took Dawson. Really? Yeah. So, all right. Well, I was about to say it's a good thing if my takes align with justice, but I don't know if that is a good thing. All right. The second question we got from the Twitter world. And the final question is, what is your Chipotle bowl order? My go-to Chipotle order? Mm-hmm. Bowl uh, order. Again, from, uh, this one was from at Salt Paper. Lo- love Solly. My go-to Chipotle order is a burrito bowl, nothing extra, don't take anything off. Then I wrap it up, toss it in a trash, and go to Moe's or Cadoba. Wow. I actually wasn't seeing that. Or I didn't see that one coming. Chipotle. Uh, I have another take, though. Chipotle. Which is just terrible. That. Let's hear it. I think it's solid, but I've had like one bowl ever from there. I'm a burrito man. So I have in my burrito, Solly, usually what I get is chicken, white rice, black beans, veggies, cheese, queso. Uh, missing one. But you just got 88% of my order. So. All right. Anything else, John? I think we hit it all. We got our no. delay orders. We got our draft takes. We did the world's worst mock. I think we kind of got a lot done. <laughs> I, I feel productive. And this is, you know, exactly the kind of show I wanted to do, you know, for people to listen to right before the draft. Uh, like I said, my official guest right now is uh, Trayvon Walker. I had been, you know, an Aiden Hutchinson predictor. I wouldn't say an Aiden Hutchinson guy because I still don't even, you know, really <laughs> like Aiden Hutchinson. <laughs> Not much in comparison to most people, but I I just think, you know, right now everything points. To, I, I would be surprised if it was Aiden Hutchinson. Okay. No, that was the best line of the whole pod, honestly, was I'm not a guy per se because you know, and that's it. Yeah, so, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not a guy. I'm not a guy. I'm not an Aiden Hutchinson guy. Um, football guy. Not a Chipotle guy. I am a football guy. All right. Football guys are signing out. Until next time, um, I'm sure we'll be back with some post-draft takes. You yep. can find me on the Twitter world at Gus underscore Logue. And you can John find me here. Yep, you can find me at underscore John underscore Shipley. And, yes, you're not wrong. I did momentarily freeze and forget my Twitter app. <laughs> 
it's because it's so unorthodox. Exactly. But thank you guys for joining us, and we'll be back after the draft.